0: The current sexual education curriculum and its application in the United States is a very controversial topic. Despite 93% of parents strongly valuing it being taught in either middle school or high school, only 27 of the United States and the District of Columbia require that public schools teach both sexual education and HIV education to their students. 37 states have laws mandating abstinence as a part of their sex education program. This is opposed by many parents and even students, as a survey from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, found that 40% of teenagers in high school have had sex. Around 10% of students from the same survey said that they have had sex with four or more partners in their lives. Many question the concept of teaching abstinence if so many of the students that it is being taught to have already defied it. As a culture, I think that this ship will ultimately write soon, as through entertainment and media, the topic of sex is becoming more and more normalized. Kids currently in high school are mo- more grown up than I was at their age, and society is moving towards shedding the taboo labels surrounding sex in the discussion of it. One prime example of talking about intimate topics in mainstream media is the Netflix original Sex Education. In the show, characters break barriers by not only talking about issues with intimacy and how to work around them. Not only is the show entertaining, but it addresses topics that many shows focusing on teenagers usually do not. Sex Education centers around Otis Milburn, Otis is a 16-year-old in secondary school, which is comparable to an American high school. He is well-versed in sex education and is the son of two sex therapists. He realizes that his childhood has given him a knack for giving others advice with their sex lives. He reluctantly goes into business with his friend, desperate for money, Maeve Wiley, and the two open up a sex clinic in an abandoned bathroom on campus, which primarily centers on Otis giving advice to classmates in exchange for a fee. With The Clinic, the show introduces many ideas that give it an authentic feel. Normally, when watching TV shows or movies that feature teenagers, the portrayed problems center around shallower ideas, such as kissing or talking to people that they like romantically. The characters are concerned if their crush likes them back or who they will go to the prom with. Even from a physical level, Kissing is often less normalized than it is in real life, and sex isn't talked about in detail on the show, let alone it even being shown. In sex education, I am drawn to it because it feels genuine. There isn't a made-for-TV plot that avoids topics that you can't talk about on network television. There is instead an insight as to problems that actual high schoolers face on a daily basis, but that are never talked about. I'm going to give examples of the show's range by playing clips from Otis's therapy sessions and breaking them down.
1: Hello? <clears throat> Hello, I'm your therapist today. How might I serve you? This is weird. Can't we just talk face to face? No, we shouldn't see each other. How can, how can I help you?
2: didn't Maeve tell you? I just... I don't want to say it again. Yes!
1: Yes, you, uh... <clears throat> you encountered some problems during fellatio, which resulted in you experiencing a bout of oh. emesis, correct? Emesis? Uh, vomiting.
2: Yeah, I puked on his dick, all right? <sighs> he says I shouldn't get BJ's anymore, but if I don't go down on him, then he won't go down on me, so what do I do? What do I do? Um,
1: well... Human sexuality is far more varied than you might realise, and... Each person has a history of unique experiences which translates into their connection with a chosen sexual partner or indeed partners. What? Well, did you know that humans are not the only species to perform fellatio? Bats have been known what to that. What do hate. bats have to do with any of this? Well, at the zoo, <laughs> I want sword to chinchilla inflate itself. Hello?
2: Oh, you forgot to pay. I am not paying for that psycho in there to take the piss. I don't know why I trusted you in the first place. Uh, oh, you owe me! Whatever,
1: slack! <gasps> what the hell did you do? Um, am I might have said something about Chinchillas giving blowjobs? I'm sorry, I got nervous. You're supposed to give advice, not traumatise people. Okay, well, I was going to say that to properly identify why she experienced emesis during fellatio, I would need to get a more accurate understanding of her social and sexual history. But she left. What the hell is emesis? You know, vomiting!
0: This scene features one of Otis's first therapy sessions and he is noticeably nervous. He is fumbling over his words when talking about fellatio and can't accurately portray what he's thinking. This scene might make some question his abilities, but he gets better from there. This scene highlights problems in Otis's own life that are addressed in the show where on three separate occasions he freaks out the moment before intimacy. Despite all of these clips being from season 1, the character development of Otis is vast. Many watching would have the same reaction as Olivia if they were compared to a chinchilla during intimacy, but there is an element in this clip that highlights Olivia's defensiveness about her situation. She has admitted she needs help by enlisting Otis, but her attitude about receiving advice from the start is negative. This is a normal reaction to talking about problems in the bedroom, but she eventually comes around and is able to fix her problem with a transparent conversation with her boyfriend. This, in my opinion, is a fairly mature and adult concept for high schoolers to come across, perhaps why this show is popular among many age demographics. The next clip is from two episodes later. It's like
2: the more we try, the worse it gets. Like, we can't get in sync or find a rhythm. When we're having sex, I feel like I've never seen a vagina before, but I have seen one because I've got one and I've looked at it a lot. It's got to the point now where whenever I think about touching Ruthie, I get really, really panicked because I know it's going to be really bad. Like, when you're trying to put together a bookshelf for my kid and you realise you've missed a step and you don't have the right screw and the whole thing was a massive waste of time. And then you just hear everything about Sweden. Tell him, Ruthie, tell him about Look, it. Look, I don't know why we're doing this. It's not like some advice from a 16-year-old straight dude is going to magically fix us.
1: It's stupid. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right, Ruthie. I'm not particularly well-versed in the intricacies of lesbian sexual relations. But I think if I can learn a bit more about your emotional relationship to one another, I might be able to get closer to the root of the problem. We don't
2: have a problem with our relationship. We're in love, and it's great. We're just inexperienced. This is my first lesbian relationship.
1: Me too. First, I mean, lesbian sex therapy session.
2: So have you got any ideas, Kinsey? I'd like to have an orgasm sometime this century
1: yeah leave it with me i'll do some research and see what i can come up with
2: yeah brilliant thanks thank you
0: the next section of this clip is from later in the episode
1: how's it going guys
2: what are you doing
1: i don't need to think i've engineered this situation for my own sexual gratification that would be super creepy hence the backward stance
2: this is even creepier. Just turn around, and stop being creepy.
1: Well, like I said before, I am a sex and relationship therapist. You are a teenager with an inflated sense of self-importance. Right. Well, I have a hunch that this is more to do with your relationship than your physical intimacy. How's your communication?
2: We've known each other since primary school, and we talk for hours. Might help. Interesting.
1: How long have you guys been together?
2: It's about four months. We both came out about the same time it just happened. Interesting. Look, I'm sure you find lots of things interesting, but our problem with the sex, not the relationship, so we're just gonna figure this out on our own.
1: Well, we'll come back and when you're ready to talk about your relationship. Good session, team. Great progress.
0: The next part of the clip is also from the last part of the same episode.
2: could make French on sexy.
1: To never plus on ta copine. To um daughter.
2: Tanya's my best friend. She was really supportive of me when I came out and everything. When she came out, too,
1: I thought, you know, we could just. You might as well be in a relationship with her. We're so close, he thought it would be the perfect relationship. Sure. When we have sex, it
2: just feels wrong. And doing it with Jessa, everything just works. I
1: don't know what to do. You have to tell Tanya the truth, I'll kill her. Can't choose who you're attracted to. You can't you can't engineer a relationship. You have to do what's right. I still think it's weird, a weird teenage boy's a sex therapist. Say Levy.
0: This is a three-part scene in episode four, in which Otis is persistent in trying to help a lesbian couple solve issues that they are having with intercourse. Ruthie is the one heard being mean to Otis in the first two parts, and then again talking to Otis directly in the last part. It is revealed that Ruthie's relationship with Tanya started because they came out around the same time and figured it made sense. When they first see Otis, he sees past their insistence that their problems are specifically with sex. This is why he talks to Ruthie directly in the last part of the clip. Otis has started to find his footing with therapy, as you can tell from listening. He is much more relaxed and manages to not compare Ruthie nor Tanya to a zoo animal this time. His approach is more methodical and he spaces it out through the day. He is also able to get a once resistant Ruthie to open up to him. This is again a very mature way of handling a situation that high schoolers face and one that I think is accurate of what real high schoolers do face. The final clip is from later on in season one episode eight.
1: So what seems to be... My
2: vagina has betrayed me.
1: Um, Okay. How exactly?
2: Finally find someone who's DTF. And he can't get his average-sized dick in my stupid vagina. Why is this happening to me?
1: Uh, Well, um...
2: It just doesn't make any sense. I worked so hard. The set, the costumes, the makeup. Everything was perfect. I couldn't even get my finger in there it's like my
1: badge has a lock jaw what do I do well you use the word perfect maybe it's a way of staying in control I mean, in your fantasy you're in charge reality can be just quite different
2: nah just like aliens
1: do you like being out of control
2: I guess not like I hate roller coasters
1: me too I do not like simulated danger
2: I guess I am kind of Taipei.
1: Well, maybe you're unconsciously halting your progress to stay in control.
2: But I want to have sex. So why would I do that?
0: The next part of this clip is a continuation from the same episode in which Otis and the girl are on a hill.
2: So what does this sheer and perilous hill have to do with my vagina?
1: I think you have something called vaginismus, which is the body's automatic reaction to a fear of vaginal penetration. I really want to have sex. I don't think you're afraid of having sex. I think you're afraid to let go which is why you are going to ride down this hill to face your fears
2: i don't want to fuck a hill
1: just trust me on this one
2: well, what about you what about me you had a panic attack when i touched your penis maybe we
1: should do it together <laughs> you know what um, forget it this is Silly, so unsafe you know your vagina's gonna open at some point I
0: can't wait for that rock,
1: rock, 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 rock. fuck it
2: Am I dead? No, you're alive. Oh, God. Ow. My head hurts. Oh, your head is bleeding. So, does this mean I can have sex now? I hope so.
1: Why do you want to have sex so bad? What do you mean? You just seen. You seem desperate to have sex. I don't know
2: why. I don't know. I guess I just feel like if I don't do it, then I'll graduate school and I won't have had sex. And then I'll go to uni and I'll be behind everyone. And no one will have sex with me because I'm just a weird virgin girl. And then I'll never have sex because I'll be too embarrassed and weird and virginal. And then I'll grow old and die alone in my house where I'll be eaten by my pet python.
1: (gasps) Okay, you've skipped a the whole load of steps there.
2: I just don't want to be left behind. I just want it over with.
1: Look, I know it feels like everyone's doing it. Yeah, some people are, but most of us aren't, yeah. It's not a race. I think that makes sense.
2: Good. We
0: just rode down this hill for no reason, didn't we? Yeah. The second part of this clip may be a little hard to catch through audio, but it features Otis convincing Lily to ride her bike down a hill to try to get her to open up. Lily then suggests that Otis should do it with her because of a part of a prior episode in which Lily and Otis almost have sex. Right as they were about to, Otis freaked out and got a flashback from seeing his parents have sex when he was a child. Lily kept the events to herself and that is why she figured that riding down the hill would benefit him too. Lily is also very into cosplaying and writing about aliens. Later in the series, she gets in trouble for writing an erotic fiction about her alien creation and entering it in the school's essay competition. Otis helps her with not being ready to have sex, which is mostly brought on by her view of societal pressures. There is another big topic within the realm of sexual education. In high school, everyone is arguably the most concerned with fitting in that they will be at any point in their lives. Students are concerned about falling behind in respect to their peers that they often feel forced to do things that they normally wouldn't do. Lily's worry was that she would go on to university without having had sex, which she feels would be detrimental to her for the rest of her time at university. From an audience perspective, we know that there isn't as much cause for concern. However, her views reflect just how hard it is to be a high schooler sometimes. The social aspect of high school could be a full-time job without all of the classes and the homework associated with it. I think that an advantage of the show is that its production was solely through Netflix. I had previously hinted that streaming services have much more wiggle room with their guidelines than a network television show would. This is also a topic that we covered in class when we did an in-depth reading Onto the guidelines of TV shows and pastimes. When thinking about this show, I tried to think about others that centered around teenagers and their experiences in high school. Fresh on my mind was Freaks and Geeks, a cult classic from the 1990s featuring Linda Cardellini, Seth Rogen, James Franco, and many others. Much like sex education, it dives into the lives of select teenagers in high school. Freaks and Geeks does cover the topic of sex, but it beats around the bush to not directly talk about it, likely due to the fact that it aired primetime on NBC. Sex education being on Netflix allows it to be as creative as the writers want. As many switch from cable to streaming platforms in the modern world, I think that they will have more exposure to the shows that we have watched in class that cover real issues that are going on in today's world. Overall, I think this show does what few that I have seen have done. I think there are more out there like this, but sexual education has gained a massive audience in the time that it has been out on Netflix. According to CNET, The recent release of season three of Sex Education was the 13th most watched show of any show on Netflix in history, which is an astounding feat. The growing audience for shows of this genre and on streaming platforms is a step in the direction of destigmatizing sex on a grand scale in media and pop culture. This show not only goes in depth about sexual topics, but it displays it in a younger demographic than usual. I think the trend that this show and many others have started is one that we will see the effects of for years to come.